Welcome to another episode of the First Time Father Podcast. My name is Steve. I'm your host, and I just put my son Tyler down for a nap, so I figured this would be a great time to try to get in another episode of the podcast. Um, if you guys have been listening and following uh, my mine and my son's journey, uh, I just want to bring you up to speed on some of the things that have been happening. Uh, my son has just turned five months old, so uh, that's a, it's a pretty amazing thing because a lot of different things have been happening. I'm going to take you through them. Um, and just bring up the speed, like I said, on, on where we are. Uh, last time I left you off, my son was starting to uh, grab things and, and be able to hold on to things and, and reach out for things. And that ability um, has grown. It's gotten a lot better. He's getting very strong. It's, you know, we've been taking him to his monthly doctor's appointments. And the doctor said that he's been very, very strong. And he, he's, he's, a, he's a getting to be a big boy. Uh, he's a little over 15 pounds. He's, uh, he's a, little, a little longer than two feet. And uh, his strength is 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 really outstanding. So the doctor is very pleased with his progress. My wife and I are very pleased with his progress. And uh, you know, everyone tells you that it goes by so fast, and it really does. It's really been flying by pretty quickly. Um, like I said, he's been grabbing onto things, and that's gotten even even better uh, and even stronger. He's he'll see something now um, if he's on his play mat or if he's sitting on your lap or. He's in his, in his playpen, and it, it, whenever it catches his eye, he really tries to drag himself over and, and grab a hold of it and hold on to it. So that's – it's such a cool thing to watch. You know, his little muscles uh, get stronger and, and, and start to build, and at the same time, you get to see his frustration build when he can't get to something that he wants or if he can't, um, you know, hold on to it for too long. If he, if he lets it drop, he gets pretty upset. Uh, you know, we, my wife and I, we try not to coddle him and, and hand him everything. We want to let him work for it a little bit, but we also try to make it a happy medium where he's not really struggling uh, to get the thing that he wants. But we also want him to work for it a little bit. So it's it's been a nice little process watching him uh, develop these past few months. Uh, the other morning, I had a it was a it was a really nice surprise and kind of a cool feeling. I was uh, I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth, and my wife was in the in the baby's room, and she was getting him ready for the day. And the two of them came out into the hallway, and I had left the bathroom door open, and he saw me brushing my teeth. And I know it sounds weird to say that he saw me, but it, he recognized me. And it was it was so cool because he, he saw me, and he just he smiled. His eyes lit up. He got very excited. And it made me feel great to see that he's recognizing me. Um... I know I probably sound like a big idiot, and I'm, I'm babbling about it, but it's, it's such a cool feeling to know that I, I, you know, you're making an impression, and the things that you do, and the time that you spend with him, um, is really building a relationship. And the fact that he can recognize me by sight now, uh, and I, I guess I had said in an earlier episode, I don't know if he knows that I'm his dad, but I know he recognizes me as a figure that's always in his life, that's a constant, and I hope. That somewhere in him it registers that I'm taking care of him or helping take care of him, so that was just a really great feeling to see, um, you know, to see this little boy's face just light up when he saw me. I don't, I don't want to sound like an egomaniac or like, um, you know, like a, a, a crazed, uh, a crazed, overbearing dad. But it was so cool to see him get excited to see me, and that made that really made my day. I mean, I was I woke up, I wasn't. I wasn't feeling the greatest that morning, but his little smile recognizing me in the hallway was the best thing of my week. So I, I was really excited um, for that to happen. And it's so cool. Even my wife comes home every day um, for lunch, and when she walks in the door, he, you know, his eyes light up. He, you can see that he recognizes us as constants in his life, and it means something to him. And it makes us feel great when he uh, when he gets excited to see us. So. That's you know that's a nice little that's a nice little treat you know being a parent and taking care of him you putting all this work in to see that and and I guess his own little way right now he that's his way of showing you that he cares about you so it's really cool. Uh, we took him to a doctor's appointment like I said um, a couple weeks ago and I was his new his next one's coming up in a few days but we're at the, still at the stage where we, we're taking him monthly I believe after this next doctor's appointment it's gonna go. Um, to be a few months between doctor's appointments. He's doing well, so the doctor says he doesn't need to see him every month. We could space him out a little bit more, so that's a, that's a good sign. That's a good thing, and we're happy about that. But at the last um, doctor's visit, he told us that he wanted us to start to try to give the baby some some food, some other than 
other than milk, you know, he wanted to try him with some some solid food. So he recommended this little rice cereal uh, and just to, to put a little spoonful and mix it with some milk and just start feeding him from the spoon. So my wife and I, you know, we were, we were ecstatic because, it, you know, that's yet another first. You know, you go when you have the baby, you go through all these series of firsts. And this is a cool one because now it's like you 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 got to teach him how to use a spoon, how to eat off a spoon. I mean, obviously he's not holding it himself yet because it'd be all over the walls. But you know, you're teaching him how to use a utensil. So this is was a, f- a fun and exciting thing for the two of us. We were both really um, overjoyed that we got to to do this now. So you know, we decided you know. Our schedules are, are, you know, conflicting. As I had said, uh, I work at night so I can stay home and I take care of my son during the day while my wife works during the day. And then when she comes home in the evening, um, she takes over and then I go, I go to work. So we switch off. So sometimes we're not always home at the same time, but we decided that we wanted to wait till we were both present and try to give him the cereal off the spoon. We felt that that was uh, it's important to the two of us that we're both present for the big things. You know, you can't obviously sometimes you're going to miss stuff. Um, it's tough when you do miss something and we try as a team, um, to be there for each other and to help each other out and, and make sure that we get to experience as many firsts with him as possible. Um, we don't want either party to feel neglected, to feel left out of the situation. So, you know, technology is a wonderful thing. Like I've said earlier, we've got, you know, in other episodes, we've got the FaceTime phone calls that we do sometimes. And, you know, my wife and I are constantly texting each other pictures of the baby. So even though we we might not be there at the moment, we still feel like we're seeing everything and we're we're documenting everything. So that's a very important thing for the both of us. So, yeah, we waited till we were both present to give him the cereal. And, you know, the doctor told us right away that babies don't know how to, you know, obviously he doesn't have teeth. So the babies don't know how to chew. They don't know how to, you know, to to swallow food or to to manipulate the food in their mouth. So what's going to happen initially is the baby's going to push the food out of his mouth. He's just going to, you know, his instinct is to push his tongue out and it obviously it's going to just slide down his mouth and onto his shirt. So, you know, you have to have your bibs ready and whatnot. Well, we tried this process with the food for a couple of days and he cried. He wasn't really a big fan of the cereal. I think, I don't think that, it, I don't think it was the, the fact that he didn't like the taste. I just think that he didn't like the feeling. It was it was a weird new feeling for him, and he really wasn't receptive to it at first. Now, my wife and I didn't want to stop giving the cereal. We, we want him to progress, and we want him to, you know, to soak in as much as he possibly can. So. You know, one day I'm sitting here and I'm saying, well, how do I get him to swallow this cereal? And this is a trick. I, I, I haven't read it anywhere. I haven't, you know, I'm not saying that I invented it or, you know, maybe I did. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I never, I don't, I didn't research it or look into it. But I was saying to myself, how can I possibly get him to swallow this cereal and try to teach him that that's what you're supposed to do? You know, obviously I can't communicate it to him. So, you know, it, it was a bit of a trick. So. I thought about it. I said, what's the one thing that he constantly keeps in his mouth is the pacifier. So I figured, okay, well, if he knows he's got to suck on the pacifier to keep it in his mouth, it's kind of the same principles as eating the food. You know, you have to kind of chew it back and swallow it. So I know that must happen with, with some saliva sometimes when he's got the pacifier in his mouth. So I figured, well, if I can kind of combine the two and make this work. So this is a trick that I came up with. Like I said, I don't know if I invented it or if it's already out there, but to my knowledge, I've never heard of it before, but I, I would I put the pacifier in his mouth and it would calm him down because he was crying during the cereal process. So once he was calm, I, I it's going to sound mean, but I, I took the pacifier out of his mouth and he'd get a little fidgety and a little bit upset, but when he opened his mouth, I'd put the spoon in. And he, you know, he'd taste the cereal, he, he'd get it in his mouth, he wasn't too happy about it, but then I immediately put the pacifier back in his mouth. And I think that process, doing that over and over again, he kind of got the idea that, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to eat this and swallow this. This is how this is supposed to work. And there was a couple times, you know, where it was it got a little messy. So you have to have, like, um, you know, a spit of cloth ready or some kind of towel ready. And, you know, obviously you would want to definitely put on a bib, uh, put, the, uh, put the bib on the baby and have him prepare. You want to get it all over his clothes. But it's a little messy at first, but if you if you do it just right, if you hold the pacifier in one hand and the spoon in the other, um, just put the pacifier in his mouth, pull it out a little bit, go to put the pacifier back in his mouth, but instead slip the spoon in and then put the pacifier in when you take the spoon out. And that way he's he's learning how to, to swallow the food. 
after a, a couple days with that, he didn't need the pacifier anymore. Uh, so he now, right now, we sit him in the chair and and you know we tell him it's time to have your cereal, and he kind of smiles. I think he's kind of getting to know. You know, at ten o'clock every morning, he's going to get his cereal, and he sits there. And now I, I start to say, say ah, I say say ah, and I say that to him, and he opens his mouth, which is kind of cool. I don't know that he, he's really, he really knows the significance of why he's doing that, but the fact that I say that and he kind of does it, it, it again, it's, it's these things are so they sound like I'm blubbering and being you know, silly about them, but when you see them happen, and you, you you're, you're teaching him stuff. And the fact that he's retaining some of it and, and, and that he's he's learning. And I guess it's not that he's just learning. But he's learning from you. You know, the fact that you're teaching somebody something at such a small age, a young age, and that he's he's learning from you. It's really, it's a rewarding experience. I know I, that probably sounds really cheesy. It's a rewarding experience. But it is. It's, you know, I can't fully describe it. You know, I say this all the time on this show. I, you can't really understand what it feels like until you've tried it, until you've experienced it. I firmly believe that when it comes to babies. He sits there, and he's looking at you, and he's smiling, and I say, say, ah, and he opens his little mouth, and he knows the spoon's coming. So I'm very, very proud of the work that that my wife and I and Tyler have done in learning uh, and teaching him how to use or eat off of a spoon. So that's... That's big progress, and we're very happy about that. And the doctor said that if it went well with the cereal, that we're going to get to try some other foods. So, you know, th- that's again, this is another fir- you know batch of firsts. We're going to move on to the, you know, the 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 baby foods soon. You know, that's coming up. Uh, you know, my son has um, he had gotten a, a car. Uh, I know he's young; he already has a car. He's driving, but he got this little bouncy chair car. And, you know, it it hangs from the doorway, uh, on the molding of your doorway, and you sit him in the car, and his his legs and feet are exposed, and it it helps him bounce, and it helps him build strength in his legs, and um, it also is good at tiring him out, because it puts him out right for a nap, it's great, but it really, it really helps develop his leg muscles, and his standing, and his balance, and, you know, I, I first put him in the chair, uh, when he was four months old, because it, it's it's from ages four months and up, and I was like, okay, well, on his four month to the day, I I, I put him in the chair, and he kind of flopped forward, and I, I felt bad, you know, I made me nervous. I didn't think he was gonna be able to hold himself, and you know, the the second time I put him in, he got better, and now he he's like a pro. He, he just he's bouncing. You put him in the seat, and he immediately jumps up and down about ten times. So it's really building his leg muscles and. I think it's a fantastic little tool. So, you know, to see him being able uh, to grab things, to see him building his leg muscles, to see him uh, sit there and, and be able to take food off a spoon and, and, and eat it, it's just, it's such a tremendous difference from a month ago. I mean, it's, it's only been four weeks. I know that sounds like, you know, you think about it in, in terms of, of our lives as adults. Oh, four weeks a month ago, it's no big deal. But in, in, in terms of a baby, it's such an important time and, and so much... Um, is being absorbed by him, and so much is being learned by him, and it's pretty outstanding. I, you know, I, I think maybe as we get older, uh, we kind of get shut down to those types of things. You know, I hadn't really thought about that uh, until the other night. But you know, like how much uh, how much new stuff have I learned in a month? Probably not a lot. <laughs> you know, maybe one or two th- little things. But just to think about the development, I guess maybe because a baby is just so innocent and young and and. and a, a, a clean slate. There's nothing there. You have to put stuff there. You know. I wonder if we kind of just stripped away all the nonsense that we uh, we invite into our lives every day. If we just sat down and, and actually applied ourselves to learning something new, or you know, uh, how much better off we'd be as a as a people. But that's that's something I guess completely different. But it's uh, it's something to think about. I guess the other great thing um, Tyler is now well good and bad depending on what time of day it is but Tyler has now learned how to roll over and he really, and he at first it was a little tough he, he was trying to get the muscles to get himself over he kind of rocked back and forth now like you, you put him down flat on his back and he flips right over it, it, it's he's so fast with it you don't even see it he's just so quick um, which also makes it dangerous you know when you're changing him on the changing table you, you can't you know, not that I moved away before I left the room, but you know, you can't really can't take your eyes off him. You really got to be right there because he rolls so fast. He'll go right off that table. So my wife and I make sure that we're we're you know 
very focused on on him when he's on the table. Um, but yeah, he, he just he's rolling over at, at insane speeds. And you know, when you put him in the crib at night and you're trying to get him to sleep, and he decides that you know he wants to roll over, sometimes he'll roll over and and bang into the bars on the on the side of the crib, or you know he wakes himself up, or he'll roll over and knock his pacifier out of his mouth, and then he starts screaming. But uh, again, you know it's it's. At one hand, yeah, it's terrible. We have to wake up in the middle of the night, or you know, go help him out in the middle of the night because he rolled himself over and lost his pacifier. But at the same time, it, it again, this is another one of those developmental things where you're watching him gain control of himself, gain control of his body, and you know, as frustrating as it is sometimes, or has as um, challenging as it is when you're trying to change him and he's rolling and moving around. I'm I'm glad he is because you know he's healthy. He's a he's a happy, healthy boy, and he's rolling over and he's he's so pleased with himself. You know, he also he grabs his foot and he puts his foot in his mouth. He's got incredible flexibility. Um, and my wife's a dancer, so she's really thrilled about that part of things. That, that he's very flexible and and babies, yeah, as they're developing in the early stages, he's very flexible. So one thing that my wife and I want to consciously do is make sure he retains some of that flexibility. I mean, because you never know, there might be an off chance that he wants to be a dancer. You know, he wants to be a a, a ballet dancer or a tap dancer. And you know, I, I, I'm not a macho man by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not one of those uh, alpha male tough guys. And I would, you know, I'm a man, but uh, I also danced and um. Uh, yeah, I have a softer side, obviously. I, I don't think if I didn't have a softer side, I might not be doing this podcast. But, you know, I have a softer side, and uh, and I have a, a great respect for the art of dancing and, and for what you know, I see people do in companies and television shows. And, and some good friends of mine are tremendous dancers. And, you know, and I work in, in or I'm trying to work in the realm of acting and, and, and performance, and, and, art, and dance is a big part of that art form. So, you know, if he wants to be a dancer, hey, I'm all for that. I, I, I want him to do whatever makes him happy. <laughs> so for right now, um, what's making my wife happy is the fact that he's, he's extremely flexible. Um, and she, like I said, she helps him stretch. And it's also, you know, it's also good for you just as a person, even if you're not a, a professional dancer. I think to, to retain some kind of flexibility. I mean, because I know I have a little back problem. And uh, I'm supposed to do these stretches, but I don't because I'm a bit lazy. But <laughs> if I did these stretches and if I did the, the exercises that I was supposed supposed to be doing my body would probably feel 10 times better so I, I think as much as uh kids have to learn from us and babies have to learn from us i think we have a great deal that we could learn from babies as well uh you know like i said babies uh there's no hatred there's no animosity there's no anger there's only you know babies really only know joy at this point and i i can't think of a, of a a greater thing, you know, I look at my son sometimes and I realize that he has no idea um, about a lot of the tragedy and, and misfortune that goes on in the world. And on one side, it makes me sad because I know as he grows up, um, some of the innocence will be lost and he'll get exposed to some of the horrors of this world. But, you know, on the other hand, I envy him right now because he's he's a happy kid and he just enjoys his days and you know my wife and I make sure that we spend time with him and play with him and read him stories and and try to teach him things during the day and and you know I know he he cries because he's a baby uh, he cries a lot because he's a baby whether it, he needs to be changed or if he needs to be fed but you know what that's his way of communicating and at this point in time those tears for me are acceptable you know and I think as a dad I want to just make sure I I don't want to shield him from the world. I don't want him to be a recluse or not have any social skills. But I, I want him just to be a kid for as long as he possibly can. You know, what, what's, what's an acceptable amount of time? I don't want him to, like I said, be sheltered or be babied until he's 30 or, you know, whatever. I want him to just be a kid and enjoy being a kid and enjoy that innocence for the proper amount of time. And then as things come towards him, we deal with him one by one and make him prepared for the world. I don't want to shelter him, but I don't want to just overexpose him to everything. I want him to retain as much of that innocence as possible. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had made a promise to myself that I wouldn't grow up. I wouldn't get old. Um, uh, 
I think I've done a pretty good job of keeping my promise to myself. I, I'm I'm still one of the biggest kids that I know. I play video games. I I collect comic books. I, you know, I watch cartoons. You know, I'm uh, I have a, a extensive collection of action figures. And these are just the things that I love, and I feel that for me in my life, uh, what makes me happy is to surround myself with the things that I love and the people that I love. Um, and I think that part of childhood is a necessity, even into adult life. I think just retaining some idea or identity or I guess um, just some semblance of your childhood in your adult life, it just makes you a happier person. You know, if at night, you know, everyone's sleeping, if I could throw on an old video game, you know, uh, I'm talking old, like Nintendo, like original Nintendo old, it's like it's like a time machine. It takes you back, you know, and I, I want my son to enjoy all the things that he's going to enjoy over the years. And the ones that he chooses to retain, I'll be happy for him. I'll be happy if there's a certain toy that he loves that he holds on to or if there's a certain um, the movie that ha holds a special meaning to him that he, if he watches it, he just forgets about his problems. So I, f I feel like those things are just as important as, you know, shielding your child from certain things early on uh, or, you know, helping them early on uh, avoid some of those scary things. But then also teach them that it's okay to re retain um, some childlike things as you get older. So I, I, uh, I don't know if I'm making myself 100% clear. And I, I'm rambling a little bit here, but I just want to make sure um, that he doesn't grow up too fast. But I also want him to try to retain a little bit of his childhood at the same time. So I, I guess a happy medium is what I'm trying to say. I want him to have a happy medium where um, he grows up at the proper pace and not getting overexposed to violence or sex or, you know, or any of the other, you know, stuff, racism or bigotry or any of that. I want him to, you know, in the proper time, learn about those things. But as he's learning about those things, I don't want him to forget about who he was as a child. I think that helps out a great deal. And like I said, I think I've done a great job maintaining my inner child. Um... I feel like it's important that I kept the promise to myself, even if it only means something to me. Uh, the fact that I still have and 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 cherish some of the things that I loved as a child it is just important to me, and I encourage him to do the same thing. So, um, you know, that that's like I said, growing up, it's inevitable. You know, it's inevitable to grow up, and and I, these five months with this this little boy have uh, completely changed me. And, um, you know, I get emotional when I see things like father-son things on TV. You know, I w always had a soft spot for that. And mentally, uh, you know, I understood all those things. Especially in, you know, even from an actor's point of view, I understood an emotional connection. You know, I'm, I'm very close with my family. And, and I've gotten really close with my dad over the years. And, uh, you know, I understand the father-son bond. And I educationally and and and. And logically, I've always understood that, but uh, emotionally, I understood it as well. But now, uh, it just holds more meaning for me. You know, the emotional weight of a father-son relationship—I always understood it, but now, um, it weighs more with me than ever than ever before. And just seeing this little guy uh, starting to build his muscles and and grab onto things and recognize people and make—he's making sounds. He sticks his little tongue out. Uh, he, He's coming along, you know, and I'm so I mean, part of me is sad because he's growing up so fast. Uh, the other part of me is extremely happy because he's growing up um, healthy. And he's also um, he's also getting bigger so we could do other more exciting things. I mean, I have a whole ton of stuff in my head lined up that I want to do with him, you know, whether it be you know, certain toys or, you know, taking in places or, you know, musical instruments or crayons or just any of those little things make me very, very excited for the future. Um, and I, I, I can't wait, you know. One of the sad things, about, I guess, about him growing up um, is his eyes have changed color. He's had these beautiful, beautiful blue eyes. Uh, for the first couple of months, and and my wife and I knew that you know babies when they're born they they have blue eyes, and over time, you know, the majority of 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 those babies their eye color changes. Not many people stay with blue eyes, and we get that, and we understood that. But it's still a little bit sad to see them go. The funny part, or I should say, the fun part, 
is that his eyes are becoming hazel, which is the color of my eyes. So as a dad, that's kind of cool that me and my son share um, the same eye color. Again, I don't know if that's going to last. I mean, he is five months old. They could change again. I don't know. But for, for right now, they've become hazel. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, couldn't be, I couldn't be happier about that fact. That's so, you know, for me, that's a treat. Um, you know, I, I said earlier, I, I always promised myself that I, uh, I wouldn't grow up and I wouldn't get old. I know that sounds like a, um, maybe a comment that doesn't make too much sense. Uh, but what I mean by staying young is I, I'm very young at heart and, and sometimes young minded. I try to keep an open mind, um, or think like a kid. I still think like a kid in a lot of ways and that can be good or bad depending on if you ask my wife what we're talking about, but, um, not getting old, uh, you know, my grandfather said uh, one of his many uh, words of wisdom or his, one of his, I guess you could say catchphrases, is he'd say, don't get old, kid. Uh, you know, I when I was a kid, I was that, that like, that was such a funny thing to say because you can't help getting old, you know, you, you age. Uh, unfortunately, none of us can control, you know, I mean, some of us like to think that we can or struggle with it and, and, you know, have these midlife crises or uh, crises or, you know, you know, or some people get plastic surgery, some people go out and buy a sports car, some people, uh, just refuse the idea of age. Um, you know, I, I always knew as a kid, like I said, that you couldn't control the age. But then also as a kid, you know, you're always wishing you were bigger. You know, you always wish that, hey, you know, I can't wait till I can drive. I can't wait till I can go here. I can't go wait until I can go do this. I can't go, I can't wait until I can, you know, move out on my own. I can't wait till I can have a beer. I can't wait, you know, and, and as you get older, you know, when you're a kid and you're growing up, I feel like you almost wish it away. You know, it's a sad, it's a sad concept, I guess, when you really think about it. You kind of, are you wishing away your childhood? You know, I wish I was old enough to do this. I wish I was old enough to do that. Like that movie Big with, with Tom Hanks, which I absolutely love. You know, you wish it away. You want to be bigger. And then when you get bigger, you want to be younger. So I, I want to try to help him uh, stay young for as long as he can. I think my grandfather uh, would have liked that. And... um You know, I knew, like I said, you can't control the age. But then some part of me, no matter how young I was, knew my grandfather wanted, the message he was trying to convey was stay young at heart. And he was a big kid. My grandfather was uh, the biggest kid uh, you could possibly imagine. I mean, he would tease you, you know, the noogies and... And the Indian burns on the arm, and and um, and the funny little jokes, and you know, and the, he you know, he, like like he, he just he, you know, he run behind you and pull your hair, and he run away. You know, he was he was always a big kid, and I think um, if you take it at face value for what it was, don't get old, kid. Uh, like, well, that's impossible. I have to get old. Everybody gets old. Uh, he didn't, and uh, that was an important an important lesson for me that he didn't get old. Uh, his body might have, his mind might have, uh, but his spirit didn't. And I want my son to have that. I want my son to have a young spirit and a young heart. And I want my son to enjoy his life. And that's my job as his dad, is to help him enjoy his life as, as much as he can. So I figured, you know, it's summertime, and uh, the best thing that I could think of is um, get the kids swimming. Get them in the pool. You know, I, I growing up, I, I wasn't, uh, I, still, I still am not a strong swimmer. And one thing that I wanted... I, I wanted my son to be a strong swimmer. So I figured, you know what? 
I was in Toys R Us one day. I was buying them some stuff, you know, to you know, the chagrin of my wife. I was out spending more money. But I figured, you know what? Let's get him a little pool. Let's get him like a little inflatable pool. So I did. So I, I picked him up this tiny little inflatable pool that was on sale. It's like ten bucks. You know, I figured it says ages, you know, three and up. I said, well, I'm not going to leave him unattended. So let's let's just try him out in the water. Let's see if he's any good. You know, uh, let's see if he likes it. And I, but I wanted to do it um, gently. You know, I wouldn't just, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, throw him into the deep end. I wanted to, uh, you know, ease him into it because I know, you know, sometimes the first experience with something is the first contact with something could be traumatic for a baby or a kid. So I wanted to ease them in. So what we did was I have these uh, little chair cushions uh, for the for the patio set that we uh, we almost never use. So I said, all right, well, let's fill the pool up halfway. Let's lay the cushions on the bottom of the pool and just lay him on the cushion. And that way, you know, he can lay in the water. It'll be soft and we'll be right there next to him and let's see if he likes the water. Now, I know growing up as a kid, I was always a really skinny little kid and I absolutely hated uh, cold water. Like I would go, it, it could be 105 degrees outside. I'd go to a friend's house and, uh, you know, we'd get in the pool and I'd be freezing and I'd be out in five minutes, you know, and I hated that because I would always get made fun of. Like, oh, you know, you're such a chicken. You can't stay in the water. Oh, it's so cold. You're such a baby. And I know what that feels like. I want, you know, so that's terrible being in the cold, cold water. So what I did was I, I put a little warm water from the sink in the pool. I made it a little bit... You know, so it's not such of a shock to him when he when he gets put in. Because you know, think about it, when you put the baby in for a bath, you don't throw him in cold water. You know, you put him in, um, you know, you put him in a warm, you know, a, a room temperature bath. So here we are. I I filled up the pool with some water. He loved it. I mean, he was kicking his feet and he was smiling and he was splashing and he just had the greatest time in the pool. And I was so happy that he really took to the water. I was really thrilled. Uh, that he enjoyed himself as much as he did. And I, I had told my wife that one of the things that I, I feel is just is just a must is we must put him in swimming lessons a as soon as he's old enough, which I think uh, three years, I think, is when they'll take you uh, for most, for most uh, swimming classes, I think at the age of three. Uh, you know, I want to put him in. I want him. I want him to learn how to swim right away. I want him to be experienced. I want him to be comfortable. Because you know, y there's situations where, you know, pool parties come up, or he wants to go to the beach with some friends. I just want want to be able to know. You know, I want to know that he could hold his own out there. I'm not saying that I'm not going to watch him or not going to supervise him, but you know, as you grow up, you know, y you don't want your parents around all the time. And I'm going to understand there's going to come a point where he's not going to want me lingering over his shoulder all the time. And that's an important thing, I think, because, you know, as much as it hurts and as scary as it is for a parent to have to let their kid go off on their own and do something, I think it's important to show the kid that you trust them, him or her, that you trust them, that you, you know, you believe in them and you believe in them that they'll make the right decisions and do the right things. And I think that's a very important thing. Um, it also, you know, establishes a little bit of a boundary, a little bit of a... Uh, my own person kind of thing. And I know I say this with ease right now. I know when he's 15, he's going to want to go someplace. I'm probably going to lose my mind. But, um, you know, these uh, sometimes when I when I do the show, when I do these podcasts, some of, it, some of these ideas occur to me as I'm as I'm talking. It's just a stream of consciousness. And as much as I want to just give a documentation of what's happening with me, my son, and my wife, and my family, I also want to hopefully help other people or inspire other people or give other people ideas and at the same time it's almost like a, bit of a little bit of a thera therapy for me. Uh, I expect, I actually plan on talking about my grandfather getting a little bit emotional about it um, but I am glad that it happened. I, maybe it's something I needed to get off my chest but I want my son like I said to enjoy his life and to uh, just enjoy being a kid for a little while. So uh, some of the other things that I want to cover and, and bring up the speed on is not only did we get him his own little baby pool, uh, last week I put in a pool for the family, you know, I put up uh, an adult size pool. So it's a, it's a seasonal pool, you put it up every season, you take it down every season. So we put one up and, uh, you know, I, I figured, you know what, it's, it's high time I had a pool. I, 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 for the uh, beginning part of my life, I lived in a building. I lived in a building for many, many, many years, and we didn't have a pool. And then, uh, you know, my parents had gotten a house, and then 
eventually we had gotten a pool. You know, and then we moved again, and then, you know, no pool again. So, you know, back and forth, things happen, you know, such as life. I know not everyone's afforded the luxury of having a pool. And for me, from the, the, a great part of my life, I didn't have a pool. But now I figured, you know what, I have my own house. I want my own pool. So I, I had space for it, and it just took a couple of days of yard work to get everything prepared. It's, you know, still not perfect out there. The pool is a little bit lopsided at the moment. I didn't do uh, a perfect job, but it's my first attempt, and I'm proud of it. And, you know, for the for whatever it's worth, for the next couple of weeks, we'll have a pool to swim in. And, um, you know, we're putting the baby in, in the big pool also. We, we got him this nice little float. Uh, should be coming in the mail in a couple of days, and uh, you know he, it's it's uh, you know it's for his age, it's for his size, and just to get him used to the water. And you know we had brought him a float last week, it, it didn't turn out so well. It was it was kind of had a broken, had a hole in it. But um, you know we put him in the water, and and my son just started kicking his feet. You know it was like almost instinctively, which is such a cool thing to see. I love that he's really really taking to the water. It's it's making me. Uh, relieved. It makes me happy to see how happy he is when he's splashing around. But you know, I've had a lot of stuff um, otherwise going on. You know, I, part of this show, I want to talk about, um, you know, m- me trying to become an actor. You know, being a, a first-time father. You know, and becoming a working actor. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I went on a Rockland radio station with my friend Pete uh, to promote one of the movies we did uh, a few years ago. And it's it's you know that you know making a movie is a process and getting it promoted and finished and and shown someplace or into festivals, it's it's a time-consuming process. So uh, we went on the Rockland radio station. We got interviewed, the both of us, for an hour. It was very, Pete was very kind enough to invite me along. So he talked to the to the director and actor, and myself as the other actor. And it was a nice feeling, you know. It was, a, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, you watch Letterman. You know, who's on Letterman tonight? Oh, it's you know Tom Cruise, and you know, it's like normal for Tom Cruise. But for me to get to be interviewed by someone. And in, and have that experience like a little bit of like a like a, a promotional thing for a movie. That was such a cool, fun experience. It was it was wild. I was a little nervous. I mean, I have you know had my own co-hosted a radio show with a, with some friends of mine a couple of years ago, and I do this podcast. So, unfortunately, I'm I'm a talker and I like to tell stories. And uh, you, you guys are probably thinking I talk way too much, but. It was cool. It was a great. It was a great experience just to sit there and uh, and just get a, a taste of of what uh, a working actor feels like. You know, having people ask, you know, really ask you questions like, you know, how'd you get into acting, or you know, what do you love about it? Just it was a really it was a really cool time. I'm I'm glad I got to do that, and you know, it's one of the. It's, I guess it's one of the perks um, of, of being able to say you're an actor and make make a movie. So that was fun. Um, the other thing I did that was that was a, a really great experience was I got to be an extra in a Hollywood film. Now, when you're trying to be an actor, you know, extra work isn't the thing that you strive for. You obviously want to, you know, you want to be Tom Cruise. You want to, you know, you want to be a lead character. You want to have lines. You want to be, you know, a substantial part of that movie. And believe me, when you're when you're trying to make a movie or you're trying to be an actor, you start at the bottom. You know, so a, a friend of mine. My old acting partner from acting school contacted me and said that they were looking for some extra talent. Um, extra talent, just people. If anyone who doesn't know what extras are, they're um, people who just stand in the in the background of a scene, or you know, in in every movie, in every scene, there's just tons of background actors just to make it seem real. Like so, if you're you know, for instance, there's a scene at uh, a train station, you know, or in, in my case, an airport, you know, and the main, you know, one of the main characters is, is coming out of the airport. Well, you need people to fill the airport, you know, and make it look real. So I was one of those people. I was handling a cab in this movie. Uh, the movie was produced by, well, is being produced by Martin, Scor- Martin Scorsese and Ray Liotta, who I love. I love him and Scorsese. Or, uh, Ray Liotta was uh, one of the stars of the movie. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see Ray Liotta that day. He wasn't in the scene that I was uh, participating in, but, uh, you know, it was a great experience to see a Hollywood team, you know, it's a real crew, and, a, you know, and I, when I say a real crew, I'm not trying to knock or or make fun of or belittle any of the crews or on any of the sets of the movies I've worked on. That's that's far from uh, the case. What I was trying to, uh, what I'm trying to say by that is that to see what a Hollywood crew looks like you know what? They're not they're not too far off of the independent crews that I've seen. There's chaos, there's things that go wrong, there's people running around sweating, you know, carrying all this uh 
you know, gaff tape and all these other, you know, tools of the trade that you would use to make a movie. And there's people, you know, just there's confusion and there's chaos and there's multiple takes and nothing's perfect. And it was kind of refreshing to see that even though they have a Hollywood budget, they still have independent problems, I guess you could say. Um, the key thing about me doing the extra work and the reason that I went was, number one, I got paid for it, which is a great thing. Now, sometimes extra work... Um, you know, for independent films and other things aren't always paid. Um, when you get with a Hollywood production, they pay you. So that was a nice perk. I got an extra little paycheck, and with the baby, I could use... Well, excuse me. With the baby, I could always use some extra money. But the real draw for me with this, the real reason that I went down is because I got a waiver. And a waiver is basically, just, you know, when you do a Hollywood project, they're in the actors' union, and they're in all the craft unions. So to be in the movie, to be a part of the union. Now, it's one of those catch-22 things. You have to be, you have to be in the union to be in a union show, but to be in a union show, you have to be in the union. So it's like one of those vicious catch-22 circles. A waiver basically just says that you worked on a production, and they waive the fact, they let you slide by with the fact that you're not in the union. So they give you some pay as compensation, and they give you a waiver. Now the the waiver is this little yellow piece of paper. Once you receive three waivers, you can then get yourself into the actors' union, and the waivers never expire. So now I've got one waiver. So that was that was really the the main reason why I went ahead and did this extra work is because I got that waiver. So one down, two more to go. Once I get two more waivers, I can then join the actors' union, and every time I work on an acting project, I will get paid. So that's that's one step closer to my dream. That's one step closer. Um, to be becoming a successful working actor. So I'm very proud of myself. And, you know, it wasn't that bit of a deal. It was three hours worth of work. You know, it was, it was all I had to do was stand on a curb and pretend I was hailing a cab. And you know what? If you want to pay me to do that, by all means, I'll hail cabs all day. Uh, so, you know, that was, a, like I said, a fun, rewarding experience. And uh, I, it took a step to making my dream come true. So I'm proud of myself, and I'm really happy about that. The other thing I've been working on is a good good friend of mine. Him and I have decided that we're going to put together our own sketch comedy show and have that up on YouTube. So it's going to be um, in the I don't want to say just like, but it's in the spirit of like your Saturday Night Lives, your Living Color, Carol Burnett, you know all those old variety shows. It's in that spirit that we're putting together our own original material. So we started. Um, writing some original sketches and we're starting to put together. We've auditioned some people. We've got some some actors. And that's coming along nicely. So that's another thing I've been given a lot of my nights to. So, you know, I'm, besides juggling, um, spending time with my family and actually raising my son, I'm, you know, working part-time. I'm trying to make my acting dreams come true. And now I'm putting together my own show with a, a buddy of mine. So a lot of good stuff uh, is uh, is taking place. So uh, pardon me for um, not getting the podcast um, recorded and up as as fast as I promised the last time, but you know, I am really going to try to get this on t- some type of schedule. But you know, as anyone with kids will tell you, kids are unpredictable. So, you know, sometimes I was going to sit down and do this show a couple days ago when I had a moment, and my son woke up, and that was it. You know, the plan the plan went down the toilet. But he's still asleep now. I'm glad I got to spend this time uh, catching you guys up. Oh, no, what's happening with me and my family? You know, my wife is uh, still currently going out on some uh, dance auditions, and she's got a couple promising things going on. I know she's going to be dancing for a New York Liberty basketball game next Saturday, so I'm very proud of her for that. And, uh, you know, she's in tremendous shape. She's been working out. She's been putting me to shame, I'll tell you that. She's uh, just, she looks tremendous. I give her so much credit. She really has worked so hard. Um, you know, she just says she doesn't want to call what she's doing a diet. It's a lifestyle change, and I'm I'm glad I have her because she's she's strong and she's she's got a lot of discipline, and she's really committed to making not only herself but the house healthier. You know, we started buying a lot of different products. You know, we, we're on wheat bread, and we're getting you know the uh, the non-fat milk, and you know, no more soda in the house, no more um, you know, no more junk food. I mean, even though I sneak a little junk food in here and there because I'm, uh, oh God, I'm crazy about junk food. But she's doing so, she's doing so well with this lifestyle change, and she really looks phenomenal. Uh, you know, I'm gonna brag about her a little bit. She is, she is, she weighs less than she did before she got pregnant. So she really, uh, you know, to her credit, is really, you know, 
busted her butt to get in shape. And uh, one of the great things she did is she, she got us a, um, a mini elliptical machine. Now, when I was going to the gym and I lost weight to get me, I lost 30 pounds for my wedding to look good at my wedding. I got down to my ideal weight. And uh, I'm not going to say what that is. And I'm not going to say what I'm weighing now because I want to embarrass myself. But I, uh, I, um, I'm glad she got us this machine. Now, you know, she canceled her gym membership. I have to go in and cancel my membership because, you know, I, I, I did love going to the gym. I was going to the gym five days a week. Um, I was unemployed for a brief period of time before our wedding, and you know, I, I five days a week I go for an hour. I run the elliptical. Like I said, I do some light weights just to keep toned, and I, I got myself down to where I wanted to be. Unfortunately, I gained weight back. Uh, working actually, working is what really crushed me. You know, working a retail schedule. You work, you know, different days, different nights. And you know, I, I slipped, so I need to get back on it now. But now that I've got the elliptical at home, I want to take better care of myself. You know, I, first of all, in my line of work and in acting, when you want to be an actor, you have to look great. I mean, I'm you know, look at these guys out there. These these you look at all the Hollywood movie stars, like your Tom Cruise, your Brad Pitt, you know, your uh, your Ryan Gosling, you know, Johnny Depp, all these great actors that I admire are, you know, in tremendous physical shape. You know, they take care of themselves and you know unfortunately there's you know there's a superficial aspect to the acting business and you know you gotta look good. You gotta you know, people will have to wanna look at you for two hours at a movie theater, you know, so I wanna be in shape so I could further my career. Uh, you know, but the most important thing is I wanna you know, I wanna better myself physically because I want to be around for my son. You know, I don't want to I don't want to get sick and 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 pass away and and miss him growing up. I mean, eventually, you know, I guess uh that'll happen, you know, eventually I'll I'll pass on like everybody else, but you know what? I don't want that to be premature. I want to be here as long as I possibly can and enjoy my son and my family for as long as I can. So uh, as, as much as I as I do owe it to myself, I think I really owe it to my family um, to be here and to take care of them and and you know and and be the the man of the house for as long as I possibly can. So I really need to shape up and <laughs> in more ways than one, shape up and get myself together and make a go of it here. Um, yeah, so I think that I think that really brings us up to speed. Uh, like I said, I I will do my damnedest to get this podcast uh, onto a uh, a consistent basis. I haven't decided, like I said, if it's going to be uh, every week, every two weeks. You know, I don't know. We'll see. But um, you know, I also want to talk to you guys out there and reach out when I have something to say. I don't want to just be you know. Well, it's it's been another week. I have to blab on to you guys. I want to give you guys. Uh, some important things, or at least things that I find important. So yeah, so just to you know recap, if you're if you're having um, if you're having that issue where you you know you can't get the baby to swallow the food, like I said, try my little trick with the pacifier. You know, just have the pacifier ready. It sounds a little mean, but after a while, he kind of understands what you're doing, and yeah, he'll forgive you. He or she will forgive you. So use the pacifier trick. You know, like I said, just put the pacifier in, get him calm, pull the pacifier out. Go to put the pacifier back in, but then slip the spoon in instead. It's a little tricky, you know, but it gets the job done. It'll be messy at first, but eventually the baby will get the hang of it, and you'll be you'll be smooth sailing, and he or she will be eating off the spoon in no time. Um, the other thing I, I thought about the other day, as far as little tips go, is um, a lot of people, a lot of parents who are new to parenting and new to babies and and taking care of babies, is the changing. You know, changing a baby. What I like to do is another little, not so much a trick, but just like this is what I like to do is I lay the baby on the changing table, and what I'll do is I'll take out the diaper and I'll the new diaper and I'll open it and I'll take out like one or two wipes depending on if it's a number one or number two, uh, and then I'll take out you know the the butt cream and, and I'll be all prepared and I think that's you know open the, the lid of the cream. Have the wipes laying there and have the diaper opened and ready to go. And then once you undress the baby and you clean, you know, the baby, you slip the new diaper right on and you you put the uh, you put the cream on him and you you close the diaper up and he's good to go. Because let me tell you, if you have a son, if you've ever had, you know, if you're gonna have a baby and you know it's gonna be a son, boys have a tendency just to 
kind of let loose, if you know what I mean. Just pee kind of like whenever he feels like it. If you, you know, if he's sitting there and all of a sudden a little gust of wind comes in and he gets a little bit of a uh, a chill, you're gonna get peed on. Uh, he, my son has peed on the walls. I've had to sit there and wash the walls. Uh, one night. I was changing him, and I, I, you know, I cleaned his his bottom, and you know, and he was all fresh and ready to go. And I slipped the new diaper under him, and I was about to close it, and all of a sudden, I just feel like this, this little patter against my chin and my shirt. I'm like, what is that? And I, he, my son peed in my face, so. Um, I don't think he particularly cared for my diaper changing skills at that moment and just let me have it. So, yeah, my, my son, Tyler, this is dad speaking. If you ever go back and listen to these, you peed in dad's face. So um, I love you anyway. But just as a precaution out there for any dads changing any little boys, be careful because, like I tell my son, hold your weapon, put it away because he will, he gets a little chill or it gets a little cold, he'll pee on you. So just be careful. Um, well, you know, I guess that's it for now. I don't want to. I don't want to keep you guys any longer. If you've listened for this long, I do greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to share my story and my family with everyone. If you want to get in contact with me uh, at the moment, I would say just just follow us on Twitter. It's at First Time Father. That's all one word, and the I in first is actually a number one. So that's F number one R S T T I M E F A T H E R. At First Time Father. Um, I do have the Facebook up. If you go on Facebook, you look up First Time Father, you'll find us. Uh, I'm, not very, I'm not on there a whole lot yet, but I plan on building up that site and, and, and um, really utilizing it to its fullest advantage. And um, if you want to uh, email us, uh, you can do that. It's, uh, oh, I forgot the email at the moment. Hang on two seconds. I'll tell you the email. Uh, unprepared. I'm so sorry. Uh, you could you could uh, email us at ftfather at gmail.com ftfather at gmail.com uh, I'd be happy to, to ha- you know answer any questions um, I'd be happy to give any advice or if there's something that you'd like me to discuss um, I'd be more than happy to so you can shoot me an email tweet me you know and, and I will definitely respond to you if you have something that um, that you want me to address uh, I keep saying this but I'm, I'm really trying to work on getting some of my friends who are also fathers on the show to have a discussion so it's not just me babbling um, but uh, you know people are busy schedules are what they are especially when you have kids and I'm doing my best so I, I definitely will try to get some guests on soon uh, in the meantime I hope everybody's well thanks for listening and have a great day